Hi, and welcome to Fruitless Pursuits Cast, Episode 7. We've been gone for a week or so, but now we're back. How's everybody doing? I'm doing I'm Mike. awesome. I'm Luke. I'm, I'm Jay. I'm doing well, too. Woo! We're all here. Look at his go. So, yeah. So how's everybody's week off? Uh, okay. Yeah, mine Excellent. was fine. I was in California, which was new and adventurous, which is cool. What did you do in California? I went there for work, uh, but we traveled along the coast and you know visited L.A. and Hollywood and all while while I wasn't working. So, so were you at, actually out there on Halloween? No, I was out there a couple of days before Halloween. Okay. Now Halloween's not as huge out in Australia, right? Luke? No, wrong yes? season for it. It's uh, very summery here at the moment. Quite warm. Uh, children knocking on strangers' houses and uh, taking food or throwing eggs and stuff. Just uh, hasn't really taken off here. Um, does in some suburbs, but uh, I thought we might actually get a um, couple of visitors in our new place here, but uh, no luck. It's pretty big here, and I only had two visitors at our place. So Yeah, I'm, I'm a 33-year-old single guy, so nobody knocks on my door. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, our lawn big. is a little uh, overgrown and scary, I think, for kids to come and knock on our door at the moment anyway. I have, you know, two one-year-olds and one three-year-old, so it was going to be a huge deal. Um, we walked in a parade. They were all pirates and skeletons, and then Yarr. everyone got sick on Halloween, so we kind of missed that whole thing. And then Daddy ate all the candy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had to, my daughter, we missed Halloween, and she was sick, and I hid in every room behind the door and told her she could trick-or-treat on each door in the house, and I was <laughs> behind the door with candy, different candy behind each room, and uh, she called it her special Halloween, so that was the did day you, after when she... Did you have did to she keep... go switch costumes and no. hit you again? <laughs> no. Did you have to keep jumping out the window and then running around and climbing in another window <laughs> so you could be in the, at the next door? I no, I, it wasn't that slick. I wasn't just said, that seamless? On, <laughs> exactly. At one point, I was in the closet. It was pretty interesting. We've been wondering. Um, we didn't want to say anything. But we we <laughs> all kind of knew. So I'm glad you resolved out. that. Yeah, out the closet. <laughs> I actually, um, last year, a coworker who has two young children, um, their neighborhood actually organized a, Hall- a Halloween event and um, they put balloons at the letterboxes of all the kids, uh, of all the houses that were participating. So the kids knew that they could go and knock on these doors. And um, I escorted the kids around the neighborhood uh, dressed in full stormtrooper armor. And that was a really good experience. And that was my first and only Halloween experience. But uh, that was quite a uh, surprise. I had a lot of kids. Uh, that I couldn't see because I can't see anything um, directly beneath me while wearing the armor, um, just sort of banging on it and uh, poking at it and uh, trying to shoot the gun and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. A lot of people trying to coax cool me back to their parties for a drink. So it was good. So you can't see anything below your eye line when you're in Stormtrooper armor? Pretty much. You can see reasonably clearly a, a few feet ahead of you. But um, anything gets really close, it's very difficult to look straight down towards your feet. That's why the Ewoks are so effective. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> out of out of out of vision. And wow, we know they can see well there. because they got those big blinky eyes now. Mm. Oh God, those are so <laughs> creepy. They're just the now they're now they're blinking dead eyes. It's so creepy. Anyway, so um. We started new stuff on the site over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the the monthly the the monthly theme is mustaches. Yes, Movember. Now, do you guys have the Movember charity over there? We've got kind of a you hear about it, but uh, I, I personally I keep the beard year round, so uh, I, I'm not really part of it. I'm actually kind of confused by it because every time I type in mustache, it gets rid of the O on my computer, it autocorrects the O, so even the word Movember doesn't even work like here, I don't think. Mm. So it's weird. It's 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 odd to me. But I I've seen it and I know people are crazy about their mustaches around here in Philly and you know, in all yeah. these cities. So it's a, it's a charity, basically a fundraiser for uh, men's health. It's for um prostate cancer and maldepression and um yeah, a lot of people get sponsors and they grow a moustache. I know at uh, my work there are quite a few um, moustacheless gentlemen 
uh, that are now growing moustaches. And there was a guy with a huge, like, walrus moustache who's actually shaved it off. So he's doing a reverse uh, Movember. Um, so are you going to grow one? Well, I've got one. Oh, do you? Hmm. So I think I've seen a picture of you with a mustache. I think all my pictures have got a mustache. I don't remember. Now, do you? Is it required to only have a mustache? Oh, possibly. See, I do. I do have oh, the little see, beard as well. Yeah, you've got the goatee. I forgot. Okay, I feel better now. So I might have only to. Only the mustache is pretty, pretty ballsy. Well, I thought maybe. Well, um, uh, just since Suzanne and I saw Three Musketeers last week, don't ask. Um, <laughs> but Orlando Bloom was rocking some incredible facial hair. He had a really big curly mustache and a pointy kind of Shakespeare beard. And I thought that was pretty impressive. So I don't know if I could maybe uh, go into that territory. See, I was almost going to have just a stash this weekend. Um, a buddy of mine uh, wanted me to come out and help him do a movie. And and uh, I was going to be the creepy guy with the, with the porn stash. Mm. And so I was going to shave the fat guy beard just down to the stash. And it ended up not happening, but... Uh, uh, so thankfully I didn't shave before I found that out. <laughs> I'll have just the mustache. Uh, every time I'll shave, I'll just leave that for an hour and kind of walk around and creep everybody out. Nice. Yeah, that's my experience with the mustache. How quickly can you grow one? I'm pretty mine goes, quick. Mine I mean, actually grows probably, pretty quick. You know, a week has uh, something pretty decent. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I have good facial hair. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had the... Um, I haven't been clean shaven for God. It's got to be like four or five years because I look like just a big baby uh, when I don't have any facial hair. I was clean shaven last Halloween. I played in a concert as the Go Go's, and it was a requirement. The last time I was clean shaven, I had gotten my hair cut, and she accidentally cut into my beard, <laughs> and uh, so the fat guy beard had to go for a week or so. That happened to me and recently. I left it. I just left the gap. I was like, I'm not shaving and having that puffy, <laughs> fat face thing. Well, <laughs> I tried to shave it down to just the goatee, but I didn't look right with just the goatee. I don't know whether I just didn't do it right or what, but uh, so I just had to shave the whole thing off. And that was the last time I was clean shaving. That was probably three years ago. So. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure my nephew's ever seen me clean shaven. We are hairy, manly men. <laughs> er, manly. So, look, talking of manly pursuits, um, can we talk about video games for a bit? Absolutely. Because uh, I, I just posted a, a bit of an article there, um, which I guess not oh, people might have had a chance to read by the time this comes out. But uh, just talking about, I've played recently, completed uh, Arkham City and Uncharted 3, and I love both games. They're hugely entertaining, some of the best of the year. But... Um, there's still those bits and pieces where I'm playing them and I'm thinking, these are still games. Like, I'm still doing some of the repetitive, um, unengaging stuff that I've done in a billion games that came beforehand. I mean, I wanted to know what you guys felt about that, um, if you've played some of these games and, and whether those sentiments ring true or not. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I've played Arkham City just like you. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I actually I, I downloaded the Nightwing pack because I'm a sucker. Uh, <laughs> and so I played some of those challenge maps, and they're fun. I love the combat maps. I hate the sneaking around the room maps because I'm terrible at them. Uh, but uh, um, that's—I mean—that's part of it. That's part of the the game, though. I mean, kind of what you're talking about. There's there's all these different things that you can do, but you have to do certain ones to be able to to finish the thing. And they're they're difficult, and I don't like them. And I wish I could just not do that part of the game, but, you know, you don't have that option. I mean, Jay, have you played either of these, uh, no, either of the games mentioned? I haven't played either of them, but I, I kind of know what you're talking about, because even with, like, any single-player mission game, even recently, in, in the past couple of years, I get so turned off, even in the early stages, where it gives you that same, you know, come follow me, the walkthrough, and then, <laughs> I don't know, I know what you mean, like, the whole more of the same, especially, you know, I guess they're trying to fill these games out, but yeah, I can't even get past those walkthroughs and I just go right to the multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, um, the, just beginning a game, I didn't mention this in the article, but just beginning a game now is daunting because you know you're probably going to have about 40 minutes before you're going to be able to <laughs> actually have any influence on what's going on. 
it always seems to be i mean gears of war 3 did it um there's always this point where you are exactly what you said a character comes up and goes hey quick we've got to go do this follow me and you I walk mean, along we're... and you get drip fed all your abilities and there's a lot of talking and cutscenes, and i'm just going let me play the game i um it, it used to be they'd give you directions to play on how to play you know here's a book here's what you do Read the directions and play the game, but nobody reads anymore. Yeah, I mean, so gotta, they've I've... tossed out the instruction books and they've said, "Okay, we'll just spoon feed it to you. Here's how you do it." But now we're at the point where the games all play so similarly that you kind of get it after a few minutes, but you still have this entire, you know, sometimes twenty-minute level that you have to play through. Uh, what was the uh, Final Fantasy thirteen? When that came out and people went completely bonkers because uh, the the training session was like half of the game. <laughs> I am. Um, we're like you know two years into making this pixel linking game for Nintendo DS, trying to get it out before the DS isn't a system anymore. But um, <laughs> the, one of my big big like demands making this game is that it starts out with like a one second cutscene and then says go and you start playing. Like, I don't want anything before you start playing. I just, like, I don't even, I skip cutscenes if you can skip them, and we've got a couple cool ones planned for this game, but it was just like, Lincoln's hat flies off, and then it says go, and then you start playing. I actually intend to get a DS just to play that. <laughs> well, my favorite games... By then. We'll see, there you go. Favorite games are those that sort of give you a toolbox of things that you can do. You know, you've got all these abilities. You can do this, 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 or this. The I mean, and Batman does that at the beginning. You you do have a lot of different uh, moves and gadgets and um, abilities, and then just plonks you in an area and says, "And here's your playground. Just go nuts." You know, we're going to give you situations, and you decide how you're going to interact with them and solve them. And um, you know, it might be very different for very different players. Uh, and when it does that, it's very successful. But that friggin' ice platform sequence is just... <laughs> I can't believe it's in that game. Like, I can't believe it's in a AAA game. It's awful. Well, but then there's other stuff like, you know, they don't tell you that you need to do this upgrade that you don't even know about before you're going to be able to... I ran in to get a Riddler trophy and died quickly because the room filled with gas, and I didn't find out until three days later when I got the ice, uh, uh, the, the ice grenade that, oh, you throw the ice grenade at the gas thing, and hey, that doesn't kill you anymore. And so there's no way to know that you need to do X before you can do Y, because you don't know that X exists, and it kills me. Mm. Literally, sort of, in some cases. Indeed. Yeah, no, I've found it but frustrating. It, found it really I'll frustrating. See, I'll be interested to see what they do with GTA Five. You know, they the the trailer came out this week, and they're promising that it's going to be. It sounds almost like they're going to open up the world, kind of like Arkham City or uh, LA Noir. Um, and I'll be interested to see how that happens. But I've never really dug the GTA games, so I don't know. I'm a fan. I mean, I didn't like number four too much. That left me cold because I think it took itself a little bit too seriously. Whereas um, something like Vice City and uh, especially San Andreas were a lot of fun for me. Um, so when Saints Row 2 came out, uh, that was far more entertaining than um, GTA 4, even though it lacked a lot of polish. Like it was a game that recognized that you're going to be a douchebag and it just gave you all these scenarios to be the biggest douchebag that you could be. And I quite enjoyed that. That's part of the problem for me, though, is that I there's no redeeming qualities whatsoever to these characters. And I just, I can't be those guys without feeling just completely skeevy. Uh, but you don't, like, occasionally just run around the city and go on a big <laughs> killing rampage and see how long That's you can survive? That's all I do when I play. That's the only thing I've ever done when I played it. I've never done missions. I just run into things and steal I like cars. running Batman around and dick-punching people, but, you know. <laughs> That's the same thing. I do spend more time just, like, running around causing chaos than I do with the missions. And I was yeah, like that too. with uh, Red Dead Redemption as well. It's such a great game, and I always tried to do it. Like, I'd, try, I'd get about three missions in, and then before you knew it, I'd have, like, a girl tied up on the back of my horse <laughs> and be looking for a bridge or a cliff to throw her off or some train well, tracks or something. It's basically Wild West GTA, right? I haven't played Pretty it. Pretty much, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I like that format. I mean... 
just to segue even further, I'm interested in Skyrim. I'll be picking that up next uh, week. But I remember playing the um, playing Morrowind, uh, which was they didn't even have a um, radar system for your missions or anything like that. I mean, it was so open ended; you really had to explore. And I found that quite daunting and difficult at first until I started to set my own objectives. And I decided I was going to like just break into every house that I could and kill the <laughs> people and clean them out of all their stuff. And once I started doing that, I actually really enjoyed the game. So I'm um, interested to see what uh, how Skyrim plays out and how much free will you actually have. I think that says a lot about you. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> go and steal their silverware. See, my next big purchase is actually going to be uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. Because, you know, Rocket Raccoon and Nova. Rocket Raccoon looks like so much fun. Have you played the like, first game? Not in a while. Uh, I'm not usually big on fight games, but it's Rocket Raccoon and Nova. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I, I, I will completely unashamedly say that's the entire reason I'm buying. Because those two, uh, and Iron Fist a little bit too, uh, are three of my favorite characters. I do have Marvel uh, versus Capcom 3, and but it's one of those games that, you know, I played for probably a night, maybe two nights, and I just have not picked up again. Well, yeah, I've played it, but I, ha I don't own it. Uh, and so I, I'm okay with picking up the Ultimate. Yeah. And, you know, if I can, if I can pick it up and actually... I, I suck at fight games, so if I can actually try and learn how to play this one, uh, go over to a buddy of mine's house who always whoops me on this stuff and maybe hold my own for a change. I have uh, three games that I think I'm going to wind up getting, um, and it'll be probably my first three games this year. Um, no, actually, I got a couple things for 3DS. Um, this one's actually 3DS. It's uh, Pokemon Rumble Blast. I don't know if you guys see anything about that. It's like a, it's a sequel to a Wii. It was a Wii download game, and it's just like an overhead Pokemon like button masher, and it's it's really cool. And you just kind of run around, defeat other other Pokemon, you know, obtain them. You can turn into them. Um, and it's just like super fast and it's just a lot of fun. So I want to get that for 3DS. It's like the first thing for 3DS that I'm actually interested in. Is it a downloadable a game or a No, retail? I saw it in stores. It's retail, which is like a whole other story. Cause I feel like there's no way that any system like that is going to survive with like, you know, uh, iPad and iPhone and the 3D bubble is going to pop soon. And not I'm even 3D, just $35 title versus a $5 title. Like look yeah, at Scribble Knots. It came out on DS at 20, 25, no, probably 30, 35 bucks. And now it's on, it's on iPhone and it's, some people are saying it's even better. So it's yeah. just like, a DS games are 50 to $60 here. And our dollar is the same as yours to put that in perspective. Yeah, it's I'm uh, very ready to get rid of my 3DS. There's just nothing has come out, and I'm just really... I, I enjoyed um, Zelda, but I don't know if I enjoyed well, it. The only stuff that's coming out are, are almost worth. remakes, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's There's nothing new. Even this Pokemon Rumble, It's they're saying it's a sequel, but it's, it's very, very similar to the other one. Uh, the other one I'm looking forward to is the new uh, Modern Warfare. That's like Really? My, yeah, I I didn't get I did get the last one. I haven't gotten I didn't get the last Call of Duty, but I have the last Modern Warfare. And uh those are like my Christmas present games that I'll get and kind of mess around with. I don't know how I feel. I've gotten each one on release day to be fair, and I know it's um about to come out very soon. I'm thinking this is the first time I probably won't grab it straight away, maybe because Skyrim's coming out. Um, and I'm going to get that instead. And But I don't know. I always, again, I get excited about the multiplayer. I enjoy it when we play. I mean, that's fun when you're actually playing with friends. Um, but I never last more than about a week on it. And See, I... uh, the campaigns, and a really good example of those type of games I was talking about where you're a lot of amazing things are happening, but you're not actually doing anything. You've yeah, got a character standing next to you. Yeah, it just tells you what to do, and you just do it. He's like, shoot that guy, shoot this guy. And you're just basically, you know, you could have someone just saying, press A, press I'm B. I'm still playing on, on the last one. They had the, uh, I don't know what they were, like the co-op missions, where it was just, a, you know, here's your goal, and you do that mission. Like, if they had a whole game worth of those, I would I would totally love it. I played those, and I just do the multiplayer, and I rarely even get a chance to play, so it'll last me like a solid year because I'll play, you know, <laughs> a week out of that whole year. 
Well, that um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, I was like that. I've never touched the campaign. I've never loaded it up, <laughs> but um, I've really enjoyed the multiplayer. That one sounds really cool. I, I, the multiplayer sounded really neat. Yeah, it was good. So the last game is is totally weird. It's uh, I don't know if you've seen anything about this either. It's Skylanders Spyro's Adventure. Yes, actually, uh, uh, my I was my brother in law got it for my nephew for Christmas. We're gonna get it. My daughter's been asking for it, and she doesn't even know what to do. But she just sees the toys. And if if anyone doesn't know, it's a oh, game that's it's yes. like multi platform. It's like every platform, I think. Um, and then there's this little base. It looks like a like a well or something, and you buy these toys and put them on the base, and then you can play as the character in the game. And uh, it's a total and I'm money sure there eater. Will be, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's it's what they could have done with Pokemon and just made a mint. Yeah, I mean uh, every character is already built in the game. It's not like they're you're getting another disc, but you're just unlocking them by buying these toys. And the toys aren't really useful for anything else. They're just like little statues but and you just know there's going to be there's going to be exclusive figures that are yep. you have to get from certain places and it's going to be insane and the first thing i saw I, I saw it in the store and i thought there's no way anybody's buying into this and the next day there was like none left so somebody's oh, yeah. buying them yeah like i said my, my brother-in-law got some for my nephew for christmas and i can say that because my nephew's four so. <laughs> and my daughter's three and he's not yeah, they're not listeners no they're not listeners that surprises me. We have to fix that. I, I don't think they've. I don't think my nephew's ever heard Uncle Mike say "fuck that." So, <laughs> fuck that noise. Heard me say that. <laughs> I've heard my daughter say that. Nice. <laughs> That's the way. So, um, look, we're talking to toys, and um, your daughter Jay. Well, this Playmobil thing. Tell us um, about that. So uh, my experience with Playmobil is a couple years ago, I just started picking up, you know, anything I saw at usually retail clearance, I would see it, like Target or anything. So I started picking them up a couple there, and then I started seeing old ones at yard sales and got a really awesome, huge island at the flea market for like 50 bucks, and it's like, it's massive, it's like three feet long. Like yeah, my si- I think box. my sisters had that. I used to play with um, them when they were little. And and I had yeah. Playmobil as a child as well, but I, I didn't realize I did until you posted that they were doing the um this minifigs or the, the I guess they're not minifigures. They're the regular size figures, aren't they? They're regular size figures. Yeah, it's just a solo figure blind packaged very like what Lego did. Very very similar to what Lego did. I didn't even know about it. I was in a pretty cool shop when I was in California, a toy shop that had like everything going back to like carded Ewoks and droids and carded Indiana Jones figures. It was like really cool toy shop. Um, They had the Playmobil figures and I said, I'm going to pass on them because I've been toying with getting rid of all my Playmobil just because it's a massive, massive collection. Um, When I got home, I thought about them more and more and saw them at Toys R Us and now I have like eight of them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're blind package minifigures, or blind package figures. Um, It's the whole run of, you know, there's the boxer, um, there's the mummy. It's very similar to even the characters that Lego chose in their, you know, five series are so far. If they do a Godzilla type guy, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But there is a, um, there's a boy series, well, there's a male series and a female series. So there's 12 of each. Uh, that they threw out both at the same time. It's both considered Series 1. I'm thinking these are going to be pretty easy to uh, feel what's inside them, huh? I mean, I actually, you've got a guy with massive bat wings. Yeah, I went and I felt and bought the guy with the bat wings the other day. Um, but there was a couple I couldn't tell, and it's way easier than the Lego ones. They do have specific uh, barcodes on the back, but I haven't found a decoder online to tell what they actually are. But yeah, you can pretty much tell. Have you tried scanning them on your phone? No, because I don't. I don't know if I have. I don't have an app for it. Because uh, sure some one. of those apps, like when you scan them, you actually get the um, like you could do that with the Lego. You would get a the title of the figure would come up in the description. I didn't even really? think about that. You could just I scan didn't... right in the store too. There's a. I didn't know that. Mm. But yeah, I they have a new thing to look for. They were. Well, they don't uh, they do it on like... the new Lego ones. They've um they've Aww. stopped it. But it was the first two ser- uh, series you could do it. The Very last bastards. the last Lego series was like 
it's so hard to tell by feeling, and they have those little bumped out <laughs> dots that are impossible to see. So I completely lucked into my Godzilla guy. <laughs> he's he's not too bad because if you feel the points, you got him. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I felt yeah. one the other day in a store, but I didn't buy him because I already have one. I should have picked up a spare maybe, but I was looking for um, ones that I didn't have, and I was terrible at it. I managed to get I, the clown, but I thought I had I, the gladiator and the dwarf that I needed, and I think I got my... The one figure I keep getting is that friggin' English soldier, the um, yeah guy with the big oh, hat. Yeah. So you him. can feel his hat. I, I haven't even gotten him yet because I, I keep feeling the hat, and I, I know it's him, but I've been 100% sure a few times now and been 100% wrong once I opened it. I yeah. still wish I had gotten the mad scientist previously. I've got the radiation guy, which I love. But I have all anyway. up to the last series, and I have half of the last series. And Nice. I kind of I get upset once I feel them, and I know it's one that I don't have because I still want to open one and <laughs> it be something that you know. I still love that thrill of the hunt, but I'm still trying to find those ones. And that's what the Playmobil ones. It's like it was so easy to feel them. I did it because I didn't want to get one that I already had, but I wanted to be surprised, and I couldn't have both. What's the general price point on those? They were three ninety nine at Toys R Us. I've seen they're supposed to be two ninety nine. Um, Three ninety nine is high because sometimes you can get like two in a package for three ninety nine. Well, that's what Lego like, charges for the minifigs, though. Yeah, and I've gotten them for two ninety nine as well. But like Playmobil, if you buy a two pack of non blind package figures, they're usually three ninety nine. So it feels like a little bit of a rip. Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that they're just the parts that they're putting in. Oh, the, yeah, the executioner is awesome. That's pretty dark. <laughs> I said the same thing earlier. I was looking at them, and I was like, these are pretty cool. They're cooler than I thought. My first thought was they weren't nearly as cool as the Lego figures, and I don't think they ever will be, but... I still want the Play the Playmobil TSA set. Yeah, I've seen those. They're cool. With the back scanner and the, the <laughs> pat-down. and Like, really? You want to you wanna reenact one of the most ev invasive privacy-killing... <laughs> my problem with Playmobil is it's just entirely too expensive. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I get a lot of stuff on clearance. I kind of like look for that, but it's just the really cool sets are like a hundred bucks and way too big. I like. I've been buying the Imagine X stuff for my nieces and nephews. Yeah, I've seen that stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, the my, my nephew stuff? actually. Yeah, my 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 nephew actually brought up tonight the uh, they they've got a samurai castle, and he's like, "Wouldn't this be cool, Uncle Michael?" And I'm like, "That would be cool." And my my brother-in-law's like, "That would be cool." And I'm like, "I guess I'm going to Target tomorrow." What's the new uh, Star Wars line that's similar to that size? Oh, uh, it's the um, Jedi Force, I think. The they're that like sounds right. Slightly They've, larger than the the heroes. Yeah, they're not quite action figures, but they're they're not the little. Well, they're more uh, articulated the than the galactic either. heroes, and they're definitely trying to cash in on the Imaginex sort of feel, yeah. and um, you know, have thing figures that are more compatible with vehicles and playsets and things. Uh, I do they're have cool, a lot though. of galactic heroes. I've I've probably got about eighty or so, but um, I'm gonna resist the Jedi Force. I think I've seen them and I've been tempted, but I really don't need to start a new line. I'd rather I don't um, have keep any everything. I, ha I probably have about a dozen galactic heroes, and I regret missing out on a couple of the vehicles and like the the Jabba and all that stuff. But I'll probably wind up getting these for my son because he's one, and it'll be perfect. There you go. I got several of them at first, especially the Marvel ones they were doing, and I got rid of them. I gave them all to my nephew, and now I have one left. It's Nova. Yeah, I got quite a few of those as well. They um, well, and that's Hasbro just brings out, you know, they come up with a kind of idea, and then they do it for every line, and it just became impossible. Like, there's so many things where I've got the three uh, quarter inch figures, the Mighty Mugs, the Galactic Hero style figures, and it's just too much. Yeah, I really need to calm my Star Wars down just to the three and three quarter inch. <laughs> Mine is down I have, to nothing. It's <laughs> Lego, that's it. I have one three and three quarter inch figure total and it's Darkhawk. Because it's Darkhawk. And you guys know how I feel about Darkhawk. Fuck Darkhawk. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> anyway. I want the cable <laughs> with the baby strapped to him. Oh <laughs> uh, well they, that thing's going for like huge amounts of money, I guess, because it's pretty rare. 
Yeah, I had a, a baby I had a good shot at him and I missed it. I um I nearly bought him, and I didn't. And now oh, I regret it. He's a tribute to Rob Liefeld, and all his yeah, glory. Yeah, that's it. Because Rob Liefeld needs tribute. Yeah. If I, if I want to tribute Rob Liefeld, I'll buy an action figure and cut off its feet. <laughs> I'll keep him in a one of the many pouches strapped to my body. <laughs> Well, speaking With of the, comics, we, we haven't talked a lot me. about the DC reboot since it was rebooted, but um, I have kept up with some titles. I read my first lot of issue threes this week. I um, haven't posted anything about it on the site, but I am still going away. I guess I, I shed a couple of titles each month. Yeah. Uh, what would you get? So I got uh, Action, Detective, um, Animal Man, and Swamp Thing. And three got, of those were virtually horror books, weren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Animal Man and Swamp Thing are definitely horror-bent uh, and very good. Uh, action, I, I thumbed through, but I didn't pick it up. I have issues with Superman that we've discussed at length and I don't need to bring up again. Uh, but, uh, uh, but I read I, it, but I, can't re- I couldn't tell you what happened in it. <laughs> I actually kind of dug Detective. And... You know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not enjoying so. Detective. It's one of my least favorite um, of the Batman. Oh, well, no, Dark Knight's the worst one. But uh, Detective. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get me to not buy a Batman book? Yeah. And yet I'm not buying, De- I'm not buying Dark Knight. I just can't get into it. I'm um, sticking with it because I've got this morbid curiosity about the train wreck that is the White Rabbit. <laughs> Uh, uh, fair enough. I just don't understand how that works or where it's going. I'm, I'm just constantly <laughs> yeah. reading Dark Knight and going, what? Um, Who the fuck? Yeah, it's a really confusing book. But um, no, Detective is just, I don't like this new villain. He's, um, Jay, you wouldn't have seen. There's this guy who's, is he the doll maker? Yeah. And he's cutting okay. up people and he's sewing together skin suits and stuff it's a very sort of um texas chainsaw silence of the lamb seven kind of vibe uh but he looks ridiculous he's not scary he's got raggedy ann hair um and he's (laughs) got an entourage which includes like a monkey with symbols and a, a jester and things like that and batman just for me doesn't feature much in the book he you could almost replace him with another character it's not about Batman or his family or history or anything like that. He doesn't even do much detectiving. He just seems to show up and get in a fight and then go and lick his wounds, then come back and get in another fight. And I just can't see it going anywhere. It's a valid point, I guess. I, Like I said, I, I like it more than I thought I would uh, because I, I just, I, I wasn't a big fan and I'm blanking on the name of the writer right now. Uh, which sucks. Is, is it anyway. Scott Snyder? Or? No, Scott Snyder's on Batman. Right. And he's doing phenomenal. But uh, I have nothing bad to say about him. But uh, 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 it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> Batman's the best book for me out of the Batman books. But I, I uh, oh, no, actually, I'm preferring, I probably prefer Batman and Robin, actually. Batman but, and um, Robin has been really good. I like Pete Thomasy. I liked him on Nightwing. And I even liked him on Green Lantern. I don't really like Green Lantern. But yeah, I wouldn't say any of the books were phenomenal. Um, no, from I mean they're good. See, I'm I reading really like them. Batman. I'm interested, but I don't. I don't love it. I've read. Batman. I um, I was in the bookstore the other day, and we had a twenty dollars family budget, and I almost bought a comic because we had like three dollars left over, <laughs> and which might not have even been enough. But um, I stood in the section of all the comics in the bookstore, and I was like, if there's one comic, what do I buy? Because I haven't Atomic bought a comic Robo. in years. What would it be? Atomic Robo. I, okay, um, that's what I was going to ask. What would it be? Because I started to gravitate to stuff I knew, and I'm looking at the Star Wars ones, and I'm like, I know this is going to be a mistake. So I didn't even yeah. bother with that. Then I went towards like Archie, and I was like, all right, this is kind of familiar. Actually, the uh, the Archie books where uh, uh, it's the oh Life with Archie, I think is what it, what it's called, where he's running. They're running two different storylines: one where he got married to Betty, and one where he got very married to Veronica. It's Bat shit crazy, but it's also actually kind of awesome. I'd like um, to read the I, third book where he's banging them both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to see what's happening. You know, uh, uh, in the story where he married Betty, um, 
Veronica just supposedly died in a plane crash, and then the one where he's married to Veronica, um, you know, he's in charge of the the company, and the whole thing just came crashing down around his ears, and life just isn't good for Archie in either side, but there appears to be a character that can go between both of the two timelines and is screwing with things, so there's definitely something crazy going on, and I haven't paid enough attention to it to have all the st- all the information. But it, it it looks like a lot of fun, and I will probably pick those up and read them at some point. And it's Archie, so who'd have thunk? <laughs> so that yeah, is I, de- I definitely crazy. Would. So if you're in the store, they got like 50 titles of the top ones. You know your mass bookstore. What do you what do you pick up? What's good? The f- the the number one book that I always recommend to people is Atomic Robo. Uh, he's it, you may not see it in some of the mass market stores, uh, but the trades should definitely be there. The basic idea is he's a robot that was built by Nikola Tesla in 1923, and he's been around since then. And it's it gets compared to Hellboy a lot, and it's got a lot of that same kind of vibe, where uh, uh, you know he's he, he's you know 80 plus years old and and uh, uh, instead of the, the supernatural stuff, it's more science, mad science type stuff. Uh, in the first trade, there's a walking, uh, uh, a walking pyramid that's steam powered. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a character called Dr. Dinosaur that is possibly one of the most inspired characters ever. Um, and but can just... we, let, let's, let, let me play devil's advocate a little bit. Sure. So, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no. I, I read, I've read the, I read the first issue because it was free on Comixology. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, there's a beautiful craft to it. I really enjoy it, but the, it didn't have that hook to really like push it to something that was great. Interesting concept showed a, a lot of potential, but there was just nothing in the story or the writing that really gra- uh, um, grabbed me. Um, the I, I read the free comic day issue, which had the Doctor Dinosaur, uh. and um. Great, yeah, I agree. It's a great character. I agree to an extent. Like, I, I that was a far better one than the other issue I read. I, I really it's enjoyed that. It's definitely a character that. that that could easily be overused, and but they're aware of it, and they're they they try and keep that under wraps. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the greatest character ever because I mean he's a gimmick, and once you get a hold of that gimmick, and and it's quite a knowing gimmick. You know, there's a there, you're aware of the writer going, "Ha, oh, I'm writing this, and and I'm having fun writing this." Um, you know, you, you can feel that sort of in there. But it is an inspired character. Like, it's something we haven't seen before. So I don't know. It's something I'm interested in. I There was an, an issue came out recently, didn't it? Yes. And um, I went on, on to... On a new trade, or a new mini. Com- yeah, I went on to Comixology, and I um, looked at the three-page preview. But I think in those three pages, all he did was fall out of somewhere. There was hardly any dialogue. Um, yeah. Nothing was really happening. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to take the gamble on this because it's not I, I, it's not hooking me and I want it to hook me I'm interested I want to like it so if you well, have a recommendation for here's the thing to read um, I will because I'm, I'm interested in it for sure I just can't find my way in um, well the, the most recent completed miniseries uh, which was uh, uh, oh I'm forgetting the actual title of the miniseries uh, it's he it's set back and it's a very pulp kind of thing. There's a character named Jack Taro, and uh, uh, it's kind of a here here's a very young Robo. He's only eight at the time, um, you know, kind of learning his way around. And it's it, it Edison's one of the one of the bad guys, and it's it's really hard to explain. But it's really well. Part of the problem with the one that you were looking at, uh, where he's just falling, is that that's the fallout from the end of issue one. Uh, issue one of of uh, of uh, that miniseries, um, he gets a call from NASA, and NASA says, we have people up on the space station that are going to die unless somebody can do something in the next few hours, and you're the only person who might have a chance at getting this done. Wh- and so they spend the entire issue trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, it's very science-related. You know, here's, here's kind of what we need. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's the problem. Here's what we need to do to solve it. And they go to solve it, and then things go wrong. Uh, and so, it, it, those first three pi- three pages of the second issue uh, are showing you exactly how wrong it's really gone for Robo. And there's actually some fallout for that, where uh, um, there was almost literally fallout. Because if Atomic Robo's heart, you know, were to explode, uh, that would be the end of a lot of things because he is in fact atomic. Um, so there's, it, it's really kind of hard for me to explain, but I just I love that story that series so much. 
mm. and there's so much good science in it and uh in in the even in in the face of the fact that this is a an atomic robo or an atomic robot built in 1923 by Nikola Tesla it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but then they try to make it make sense you know when when they in, when they introduce a giant uh, bug creature uh in one of the earlier miniseries they actually are talking about how this shouldn't be able to exist because of the square cube law and you know they they get into alternate dimensions and even that uh, doctor dinosaur they're talking about how uh, you can't time travel because here's why and it's one of the best ex- uh, explanations for why time travel shouldn't be possible that i've ever heard so i, I don't know it's just Maybe it's because my favorite kind of science has always been weird science, um, which would explain the bra on my head. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. Yeah. And my interesting, interesting. So, um, Jay, buy a um, buy something to eat with that three dollars. Probably yeah. would be my suggestion. <laughs> wow. I t- I, I, what else? Uh, I will say is, if you want, I do have copies of this year's free comic book day Atomic Robo that I can send to you. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm that big a fanboy, and I actually ended up with a few of them. Cool. There you go. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, I get both. I get to eat and read the comic. Woo! One of the big comics for me that came out this week was uh, uh, Fear Agent. I love Fear Agent. Um, When it started, it was the final issue, uh, issue 32, but... uh, um, it was one of those books, when it came out, I was definitely stuck in superhero mode, and somebody handed me the ash can and said, here, you should read this. And I'm like, I don't care about this. I don't want to read it. And, no, no, read it. And I sat down and read it, and it was really, really good. So I, I started reading the actual issues. And because of uh, how good Fear Agent was, and it's pulp sci-fi, and I love pulp sci-fi stuff, but this was good pulp sci-fi comics. And so it actually opened me back up to the idea of reading other stuff than superheroes. And that's when I picked up Walking Dead. And that's what opened me up to stuff like Atomic Robo. And that's what got me in- back into some of the, you know, the weirder stuff that I love so much now that I never would have given a chance if it weren't for Fear Agent. And See, so I'm, it, I'm kind it ended of- this week, so... Kind of the other way, like I, I don't, I like to dip my toe in the superhero pool. It's good. There's stuff that I enjoy, but they're never going to have the impact that something like um, Eight Ball or Hate or or one of those sort of Fantagraphic style books has had for me. I mean, those things have really um, had some impact for me. Whereas, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's definitely the style that I would go towards as well. Yeah, and and you're not going to be able to find that with your three bucks uh, wherever you well, are because yeah, those artists are, those are lazy. The, those are the kind of comics that really have something to say. I mean, at the end of the day, com- uh, superhero comic books, they're, they're the popcorn movies of comics. Mm. You know, and, and then you get stuff like Hate or uh, uh, Ghost World, you know, stuff like that that is the art films of comic books. You know, it's it's the the really spectacular stuff that that really says something and talks to you. But if there were lots of it, it would really really diminish it. But not always. I mean, I'm a fan of. I mean, a lot of those indie guys don't have a lot of uh, spectacular things to say. I mean, I enjoy the work of Johnny Ryan um, or Michael Kupperman. Uh, Michael Kupperman does very absurdist, silly. Um, strips that kind of have a bit of a golden age sort of retro feel, but they're, they're very silly, very um, just sort of uh, free association kind of stuff. Um, and then Johnny Ryan just does the foulest uh, characters and situations imaginable. Um, he does them sort of like their kids' comics, but they've always got these just terribly gross um, and offensive things going on. Um, oh, that's I, like, uh, uh, who is it that does uh, Super Fuckers? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Kachalka. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, it's got a similar vibe. I mean, Superfuckers is very similar to the sort of humor that's in um, in the Johnny Ryan books. So I like all that sort of stuff too. I, I like things that kind of push boundaries and make me laugh and kind of um, chuckle. I and, and sort of treat comics as a kind of throwaway, fun, irreverent thing. Um, what strikes me about the superheroes is, is they're so earnest. Um, a lot of the time, and they take themselves very seriously, even though the visuals are often very, very silly. And um, when I finally got around to seeing the Green Lantern movie, for example, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, but the oh, comics you did are so see it? yeah." 
like, you know, but the comics are so much better. And um, I kind of watched the movie and thought, well, with my experience from the comics, this isn't particularly that much better at all. It's just the fact that the movie shows when you see it in live action, just how silly this concept is, like how silly a grown man looks in a domino mask <laughs> and, a, um, and a green leotard. And it's not because, oh, you know, they've done this disservice to the comics. They've put exactly what was in the comics up on the screen and it looks ridiculous. And even Batman, as much as I love Dark Knight and everything, and as much as people sort of think of it as a serious or adult movie and, and it's quite a effective crime thriller, there is still the silliness of Christian Bale dressed as a bat. Yeah. And there's still moments where no matter how much you love the movie, it's silly. It looks ridiculous. So well, I, I don't think superheroes even... will ever get out of that. I think, like with the DC reboot, you know, I'm not a huge fan of some of the lines and the collars and stuff, but I think that's kind of the, the, the kind of thing they had to add to them to make them able to be translated a little more evenly into live action, which is, mm. I think, part of the goal. You know, I, they, they want to have something consistent across, uh, uh, across uh, media. Uh, and I think that the collars and the lines, and they, they, they give it a, more of a depth that uh, they haven't had in the past that will translate into a live action a, a little more easily. And when you get deeper into character pools, I mean, I noticed this with the DC reboot, and I'm starting to get introduced to more characters or characters that only knew peripherally. Um, I also found this in Marvel's Civil War because, you know, we all know Spider-Man, we know Iron Man, we know those things. But when you start to get into these um, C-list characters... You, they're still trying to tell this serious story that has all this impact, but some of these characters are retarded. Like, you have a um, <laughs> speech going on from this guy who's, who's actually sort of telling you something quite important and considered about this conflict, but his name's Typeface, and he's got oh, yeah. typography letters all over his face, and he's wearing, I think he like, said Typeface, so it's Typeface. Well, may as well have been. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's wearing, like, bondage gear, and you're sitting there going, this is so stupid. Who is that this is really for? stupid. And they're really he, tied. He's a, he, he's a really silly character that somebody came up with a few years ago, and I think the idea behind that is they needed somebody that had enough presence in that you know people knew who he was and they knew who he was because he was silly. Um, like a Dick and then Tracy when it turned character. around and he had something to say, uh, it actually got some people's attention. See, but for me, I'm just idea. like, oh, comics are so silly. Like, oh, yeah. if you've got a <laughs> ser- if you've got an interesting story to tell, cre- why do it through typeface? I mean, the guy's a dipshit. Well, he'd be the last person you'd expect, though. Uh, also, I think he was, in fact, it was written into the character that he was a veteran, um, and that was part of why he had something to say. And I don't remember exactly what the story was now, but uh, but anyway, it's not important. He said, he was, uh, he was I done sure got type now, so. on my face. He, he was typeface, anyway. and I'm pretty sure he's dead um, now. So. Comics, huh? Gotta love him. Yes. But... Uh, Awkward silence. So, <laughs> so um, look, we talked about Movember already. One of the things I kind of want to uh, wrap up with is, um, should we talk briefly about NaNoWriMo? Yeah. Yes. Um, which is November Novel Writing Month. It's, uh, you've got the whole month to write 50,000 words. Um, Jay, you've tried this, yeah? I've tried it maybe three times. I got to about 20,000 once, and the other two times I've just dabbled not even made it to 20,000 and this year I was hoping to but I kind of knew that it would be impossible um, so I'm still at zero how do you count your words just any either you could I think on the actual NaNoWriMo website you can type them you can paste them in and it'll tell you well, I mean like does a count you know I, I saw a cat I mean how many of those words count I mean a is a word. You're not um, with words. You're not usually judged by the uh, amount of letters. Okay, I, I just wasn't sure exactly how that was totaled out. Luke, you've how many years have you done it? I've done it twice, and I've completed. I've completed both times. I did uh, seventy-five thousand words, I think, the first time, and about fifty-five the second time. 
What were so, they about? Uh, well, the first one's quite silly. It's called Good Time Charlie. I love Good Time um, Charlie. And it's a, <laughs> it's a story. It's a coming-of-age story um, about a, a very sort of repressed, uh, socially awkward um, character who gets sort of cast out into the world for the first time and um, has a series of uh, quite strange adventures. Um, and it's very puerile and, and kind of silly, but it was a lot of fun to write. A lot of um, just playing around with words and situations, and it's very character-driven. There's and a lot the of stuff one... from that story that's that's kind of stuck with me that I think about from time to time, too. Just just the characters and the, the professor and, you know, the the whole back alley scene. I, I can't remember the specifics, but there's things that kind of come up in my head from time to time and I just chuckle. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> Pete, the nurse character, Pete, the nurse yes. was my favorite because um, he, he was, yeah, he, he was an interesting one, but this is, I mean, it's interesting. That's great that you say that because uh, you're one of the few people who have read it. And that's actually <laughs> what's put me off writing this month is that, uh, I actually find it's quite easy to write a novel in a month. Uh, it's much harder to get somebody to read that novel. Uh, that is actually the challenge for me. So after doing two novels and having very few people read them and, um, you know, and people would say, oh, I'd love to read it. Yeah, send it over. Yeah, I'll read it for sure. And then you would never hear from them again. Um, you need to come so, up with a program for December for actually getting your novel out there. Yeah, well, I was, well, that's I was going to ask about that. I mean, you know, self-publishing is, is easier than it's ever been. I, I've it's had easier, several people but... show up. I've had several people show up on my Twitter recently that publish stuff out directly out to Kindle. Well, that, that's the it's... easy part. The, 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 there's an obstacle you have to get through before that, and for me, it's the editing. Um, it needs to be proofread and edited in a decent... Because you don't want to... Nothing is more frustrating to be reading a, a novel, um, even in that sort of loose format of, okay, I know a, a friend has written this and it's, I'm getting it in a digital format, and to find errors or things. And, and I think um, a lot of writers, I know myself, are poor uh, proofreaders of our own work and um, bad at editing. So with Good Time Charlie, I really wanted to... Um, sort of do something with that and put it out in some format. So um, I approached, I think, I had about eight volunteers to proofread it for me and there were people that were really quite keen and, oh yeah, I do this sort of stuff all the time, really happy to. And again, I just never heard from them. And it became awkward because some of them were friends and they, they just, you know, then wouldn't, uh, you know, would avert their gaze from you for a while because they'd be like, oh shit, he's going to ask me about this book. Um, and I didn't really care, but it's it just sort of difficult. So... I really liked the, I mean, the, the second book I did, I think, was far superior, and uh, I was very interested in that story, and it was something I really wanted to um, continue with, and I'd love to tackle it again, um, and so maybe do another one? draft. Uh, it doesn't have a title, it's about a, um, a, a girl whose friend gets killed by a rock that falls out of space. And he was, he was a nerd, he was into comics, toys, things like that. And she has to go around to his house because he doesn't have a, a good um, relationship with his parents or whatever and um, clear out all his stuff. And it's all crap, essentially. I mean, all these things that he's collected, the whole sort of measure of his life, um, nobody, including herself, is interested in. So um, she throws it all out, essentially, but she keeps, uh, she can't bring herself to throw out this collection of comics that he'd drawn. She didn't even realize he was drawing comics, but he's drawn all this stuff. She tries to read it, is completely uninterested in it, but she can't bring herself to throw it away. And then what happens is she's got a boyfriend who's quite sort of um, cold calculating, um, uh, sort of like a, a Reed Richards of the 60s. Um, scientist guy and it turns out that these rocks are falling from space all over the place and it's actually looking really bad um, th there's going to be a, some sort of cataclysmic event and the world's going to um, possibly end so what they've been doing, they've known this for a while and down in this bunker they've built this thing where um, they're able to send one person into the future and um, they decide to send her and they send her with a lot of sperm into the future and she'll repopulate. But uh, <laughs> when she turns up in the future, what she realizes is uh, a lot of people actually survived and um, the scientists survived and for a while and um, started to cannibalize each other. 
And these comics that she saved were actually um, one of the few things that were sort of left for entertainment. And uh, what she doesn't know is this guy that got killed by The Rock had a crush on her. So um, she's actually now the most famous person, essentially, or the most famous character um, in the world. So she comes out into this world where um, everything, just as I guess a lot of our world's been based on um, the Bible, a lot has been based on these comics that this guy did. So um, she comes into a world where there's almost a kind of cult uh, about her. And um, and then it's we begin to realise that... Um, and her scientist boyfriend is kind of becomes the villain of the piece because he's time-travelling too and um, didn't uh, end in the way that we thought he'd ended. And um, a lot of crazy stuff happens. Uh, but that's the premise. I know that's long-winded, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that someone will listen cool. and go, yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's a very tongue-in-cheek... But uh, I'm interested in seeing where I could take that. Well, I want to read them. Hmm. Yeah, I, re- you're I think you're I re- just saying that. Is that one still? Is it on your blog? Is I remember that's where. Yeah, I was. I was live posting it. Essentially, I would did write it. Did the whole it. thing end up on there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it did. I know I've read parts of that. I know it sounded familiar. A lot of it. Well, yeah, I haven't I... read either, but I want to. So. Yeah. You have my attention. I've been trying to read more recently. Because I don't read as much as I used to. To me, it was Maybe just the with... difference of having a PDF of the whole thing, and then I was yeah. reading in parts as it was posted, and I kind of lost track of where I was. No, and it probably would be a lot more palatable now on an iPad or something anyway. Yeah. Well, there Kindle's we go. Only 79 bucks, so I'm I might, getting one of them too. I might make those available. There but, um, yeah, it's a, good, it's a really good challenge because it forces you to just write and um, not think too hard about stuff and i think um in a lot of instances creatively we always wait for the perfect scenario to start something um whereas you know you you can't work with anything if you don't have something if that makes sense like absolutely sometimes you just need to churn it out and do it and then sculpt it from there and i think it's good like that you're not necessarily writing your final draft. You're just writing to write and get into the groove. And, and once you start getting into it, it starts working. And it's just and it's approach, an approach we've had even with um, the Fruitless Pursuits site. I mean, it's not a perfect site. It's a work in progress. We're trying to find our own voice, trying to decide how we all work together and, and what it's going to be. And we could have discussed it to death beforehand. And then we decided, you know, no, we're going to just put it up. And we'll work it out as we go and, and we'll get input. And um, I'm quite happy to work like that. I think the site actually went up about two days after the idea. It might have <laughs> yeah, even been yeah. about 30 hours or well, something. But by the same token, I tried to start a site a long time ago and it, it was death by committee. I mean, it just didn't, ha- it just didn't happen. And so I was, I was really pleased when I saw you, know, you guys come up with the idea and then it was just there. And yeah, need, that was really cool to me. We have a very short window i think to make decisions i mean you might notice we've been doing um well jay uh, especially has really been doing all of the um redesign of the site you'll see there's been little changes and tweaks and um that that decision making we're doing relatively quickly and you kind of have to because if everybody um chooses the you know weighs in on the font or the every you know you just you don't get anywhere you can't do it It, it's just everything has to be in comic sans yeah yeah (laughs) that might be the wave of the future it'll just never happen if we if we do it that way so we've been just kind of here's what we're gonna do and then boom it's on there so it's been working and you can always anybody hates it it, we'll take it off you know yeah exactly like but we may as well try these things wow high five everyone look at us go High five. Well, that's about our hour, gentlemen. I do have one more thing I want to bring up. Um, we've got a, a friend of the site, um, gentleman on the name of Twitter, uh, or on Twitter by the name of uh, Robots PJs, does a thing called Geeks for Tots. And it's basically a Toys for Tots kind of thing. The, the basic idea is you, you uh, take a picture of yourself donating toys to Toys for Tots, and you send it into the Geeks for Tots website, and you can win prizes. Interesting. And it's it's very cool stuff. Um, th- a lot of people seem to be excited about it. You know, there's uh, uh, Sideshow is has given stuff up. Big Bad Toy Store has given stuff up. Um, let's see, 
80s tees is giving stuff up, and these are all prizes that are available for people that do this. And all you have to do is something that, you know, it's good to do anyway. You know, Toys for Tots is, at least here in the U.S., and I know you guys don't have it over there, I think, because it's mostly, it's run by our military. Uh, yeah. I think Air Force. Um, but uh, even then, I mean, if you want to donate money through the site um, and then send in the receipt, uh, you're eligible for prizes. Uh, but uh, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's geeksfortots.com, um, and uh, um, it, it's a really good uh, it's a good cause. And I know I personally plan on uh, participating. And uh, we've got some banners that he sent me that uh, I, I will have a thing up on the site about it soon. Um, I, I've been lacking in, in posts this past week because I've been ill and tired and all that. But uh, we've had uh, a quiet week, haven't we? A little bit. Yeah. But those happen from time to time. It's. I mean, I have been. Uh, I just. I've been sleep. That's right. I've been working and sleeping. It's been terrible. So. Work home sleep. Work home sleep. Yeah, but I have a bunch of things like in the works that. Um, I have like two weeks of board game posts that I'm. I'm gonna put up and all kinds of other stuff. So. It's coming. So stay tuned. All right. Woo. Well, that all sounds fantastic. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. That was. Uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 we, we podcasted. I learned which comics not to buy. <laughs> yeah, all of them. And um, as always, if you'd like to contact us for any reason, uh, you want to let us know about something, uh, tell us about some news, give us something to review, or just comment on anything that we're doing, tell us what you like, what you don't like, um, you can contact us at contact at fruitlesspursuits.com. Have we have we gotten enough stuff to do a mailbag episode kind of thing yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A- ab- absolutely not. No, we we get some submissions and things uh, from time to time. We don't get a lot. I mean, people obviously just comment on the individual articles rather than email us. And Twitter, we get a little bit through there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Emails, very, emails we're very popular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twitter is the wave of the future until the next wave comes along. And until That'll next... be the one where it's all implanted into our brains. I Is like it. The Google it. wave. <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> not the Google wave. It will be punched into our faces by robots. It's coming. Yeah. Sky all right. Will kill us all. Well, uh, thank you very much, and um, keep an eye on the site, and we will catch you very soon. See ya. Bye, everybody. <laughs>